he'd done it. A lifetime of research, years of trying and failing, trying again and failing again, pushing, determined to break all the rules that had been put in place by nothing else than the lack of imagination of those with power. So many times Eric had been denied funding, been told he was nothing more than a mad scientist, been told to give up. Oh, how he'd laugh at them all now. Well, just as soon as he'd finished the ultimate test. The test he shouldn't really be doing. But damn it, where would we be now if the likes of Howard Carter and his team had not defied the rules and opened Tutankhamun's tomb? Sometimes these ridiculous rules just had to be broken. The world needed rule breakers, thrived on it. Eric was getting too damn old to wait now. He was here, on the cusp of achieving something the world would remember him for. Eric had been studying the deep ocean for his entire life. He'd been fascinated when he'd first learned that human beings knew more about space than we did about our own oceans. While others pondered about life on other planets, Eric dreamed about the undiscovered majestic creatures of the deep sea. What was down there? What beautiful beings swam miles below our land at depths we'd only ever fantasise about reaching? Only three humans had ever reached the bottom of the Mariana Trench, thought to be the deepest part of the Earth. Much less than a number of people who had walked on the moon. And to do that, they had needed a bath escape, with enormous amounts of fuel and energy. What Eric had designed was a small machine manned by a single person and capable of submerging and exploring the deepest parts of the ocean on little more than some solar energy. And he was about to test it. He was out on the ocean, in a part of the Mariana Trench which was not closely monitored. It certainly wasn't the deepest part, but the depths here reached what others would call horrifying and Eric would call fascinating. Now, sitting in his machine, he'd named it Carter after the famous Egyptologist, he drew in a deep breath and prepared to unlink it from the boat. A quick submerge. A look around the ocean and back up again to celebrate with some champagne. This is my life's work. This is what I've been waiting for. He flipped some switches and Carter lit up and gently hummed. He gripped the control stick and, raising it firmly upwards, descended into the depths. It was beautiful at first. The sea looked blue as it normally did near the top. He saw schools of all sorts of fish happily swimming, some dodging Eric's Carter as it whizzed gracefully downwards. Once the light from above began to dim, Eric slowed the descent. His meter told him he was approaching a depth of 1,000 feet, and he chuckled to himself. Already, nobody will believe this. At least, they wouldn't if it weren't for the camera, curiously blinking its red light from Carter's dashboard. The footage Eric was capturing would no doubt be extraordinary. Carter was a circular vessel with a large reinforced window which could withstand enormous pressure. Eric had of course submerged to incredible depths many times, but mostly the view was somewhat obscured. Sinking now in his own machine, Eric was treated to a spectacular view of the ocean. It was getting dark, and he'd soon have to switch on the headlamps, but spotting something in the distance below, he decided that switching the lights on could wait a few moments. Benthicoron. Hundreds of them. The rounded top jellyfish lazily swishing their wispy red tentacles and paying no attention to Eric as he smiled at them from within his magnificent machine. Turning to face the other way, Eric jumped slightly, then chuckled again. He'd been surprised by a barrel-eye fish, its transparent head pointed inquisitively at Eric's machine as though it had wondered what it was doing there. <laughs>
It was fully dark now. He switched on Carter's lights, which shed a light upon more strange and wonderful creatures. Creatures that were only discovered in Eric's lifetime. How many more would soon be unveiled to the world with the creation of this magnificent vessel? He checked the depth meter. 3,200 feet. Almost three Empire State Buildings. He wasn't sure about the particular depth of this part of the trench, but he promised himself he wouldn't go all the way to the bottom, tempting as it was. A quick exercise to show the speed and capability of Carter was video evidence of how clear the view was, and then straight back up. Turning once again, Eric jumped as he caught sight of a monstrous creature. Huge and grey, razor-sharp teeth jutting below a long nose pointed towards Carter. A goblin shark. Even as Eric looked at it, its whole head suddenly emerged out of the false one above and bit at Carter. The glass was far too strong, of course, but it unsettled Eric nonetheless. What happened next did far worse to Eric's nerves. The control panel suddenly blinked off, and with it went Carter's exterior lights and indeed, the engine. No! Eric gasped. No, no, no! He pressed hard upon what he hoped was the emergency start button. Nothing. He flicked switches back and forth through the sheer darkness, but nothing was happening. And he was sinking. Yes, sinking slowly downwards into the dark, black waters. He swore he could even see the faint outline of bubbles breaking upon the front of the glass. This can't be happening, he thought. This is too horrible. This is how my life ends. Even as he drifted downwards through the water, he began to plan of another way to take his own life. Whenever he felt the inevitable thud as he hit the bottom of the ocean, he could simply lift open the door. The water pressure would provide a terrifying but quick end. Only you wouldn't be able to get the door open, Eric, you fool. Unless something came to open it for him. Or the vessel was not able to withstand the pressure that Eric thought it could. But how much would the vessel be crushed? Perhaps it would crush awkwardly around him and keep him trapped in place, but now broken. His last hours as agonising as terrifying. There's no point thinking of it now, he thought, realising he was panicking. And panicking wouldn't help anything, either way. He should have informed someone. He should have radioed in to tell someone before he launched himself down to these horrid depths. He could have triumphantly laughed at them before launching into his vessel, and then at least someone would know where he was. But the boat. Surely someone would see the boat, and recognise it as Eric's and send someone down. But how long would all of that take? And could Eric survive that long? No, this really did seem like it was it. Perhaps in hundreds or thousands of years, another person named Carter would find Eric in his very own tomb. They wouldn't find a king this time, but a fool. And they'd laugh at the primitive vessel that he'd trapped himself in. Thud. He'd hit the bottom. And here, Eric thought, he'd whittle away the rest of his existence in complete darkness, and wonder about all the magnificent things that potentially lurked just out of reach of his large window. Magnificent. Or horrific. Yes, now that Eric was down here, alone, with next to no hope of rescue, all of the wild and wondrous things that Eric had always dreamed of finding seemed now too dark to speak of. His mind wandered to the old myths and legends of the sea. The giant squid, for instance, 
which for many years was thought to only be a story, like the Loch Ness Monster. And then they found them to be real, living creatures in the deep sea. The longest one measured at something like 59 feet. And what about the Megalodon? A very real shark which existed millions of years ago and was thought to have died out. But if we had explored more of space than we had of the sea, and still we searched for life in space, who's to say that these sharks don't still exist? His mind swam with a thousand horrid thoughts, massive underwater volcanoes, gigantic creatures with jaw pressure greater than that of the water around him, hungry, hungry for Eric's flesh. He'd be but a paltry snack to them, surely, but maybe they had a way of showing their profound dislike for his presence here. Maybe there was a reason people were not born with gills. Maybe these things were best left alone. Exhausted by his thoughts and without realising his eyes were closed, Eric fell into an uneasy sleep. Thud. The thud woke Eric. He'd reached the bottom. No, no, he'd reached the bottom earlier. So what? Thud. This time it rattled Carter, and Eric might have been thrown out of his chair if he hadn't been strapped in. What the hell was that? Once more Carter was struck, and this time with a crash which sent it floating through the water to land on its side somewhere, causing Eric to awkwardly hunch over inside. The fear was taking him. He began flicking switches and pressing buttons again. Come on, come on! You've had a rest, now get us out of here! And as though an answer, the headlamps flickered on dimly. What Eric saw was enough to make most people throw up in fear. The light was dim and he couldn't see it well, but something inside of him was almost able to understand the sheer gargantitude of what was before him. Rows and rows of what appears to be millions of huge triangular teeth. Two great eyes as big as houses set forwards on a greyish brown head. Yes, forwards, not on the sides of the head. What creature of the sea had such features? And the tentacles, the endless tentacles that seemed made up from more than just one creature. Eric wanted to scream, but he didn't have the chance. Suddenly his carter was struck again, but this time from the bottom somehow, and he was thrown upwards at a speed he was barely able to comprehend. As the vessel rose, the dim headlamps began to get brighter and brighter, until suddenly the water around him was no longer black, but blue. What kind of power did his lights have now? But it wasn't the lights from the carter, it was the light from the sun. The creature had whipped him almost all the way to the surface. Oh heaven almighty, oh everything good and gracious in this world. The engine roared back into life and he piloted the carter up, 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 until he hit the surface. Later, on the deck of his boat, Eric stood with the video camera from Carter in his hands. It had been recording the whole time. Eric had been foolish, yes, but he'd made the discovery of a lifetime. The footage would be seen by every soul in the world for years and years to come. His name would go down in history. Never mind the great scientific breakthrough of the Carter, Eric had discovered that the blue whale was only the second largest animal in the world, and that it in fact paled in comparison to this... this thing. And then, of course, they would go and look for it.
How many would die trying to see it? And what would they awaken? What else lay in the depths, half asleep, unaware of the humans above who thought that they ruled their worlds? And what if this thing, or things, because who said there was only one of them, decided to be just as curious as a human? Leaning over the bow, Eric hurls the camera into the water. Some things were best left alone. Thank you very much for listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And look in the description box of this episode for my links to Facebook and Twitter. See you next time.